Welcome to the Concordia Publishing House podcast, where we consider everything in the light of Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm your host, Elizabeth Pittman. The pressures of our life today can be unrelenting, but so is God's love for you. Today, we're joined by Reverend Chris Kennedy to chat about how we can respond faithfully to the stress of the world around us. But before we get started with our conversation with Chris, I'd like to thank our friends at the LCMS Foundation for their support of the podcast. Imagine a future where your God-given gifts continue to benefit your family and faith after you're called home to heaven. The LCMS Foundation can help you create a gift plan so that your assets, things like your retirement accounts, home and land, will leave a lasting impact on the people you love and the ministries you care about the most. Learn more about creating your gift plan at lcmsfoundation.org. Now onto our conversation with Chris. Welcome back to the podcast, Chris. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Elizabeth? We're good. We're good. The weather here in St. Louis has, summer has come. So, which I realize summer heat for us is nothing like you have there in San Antonio. But, you know, for us, it's pretty warm here right now. Oh, I remember some summers in St. Louis when I was in seminary and the humidity mm-hmm. was pretty bad. Yeah. You, you have the dry heat, though, there, right? Uh, well, it's, it's heat. <laughs> it's heat. It's definitely it's heat. It's hot. Well, we're, yes. we're excited to have you back on the podcast to talk about your second book, which is Grace Under Pressure, Responding Faithfully yes. to Stress. Yes. Well, what what are you thinking about this new book? How does it feel to have your second book releasing? I'm very excited. I'm very honored that CPH would want to publish another book by me. Uh, It's been a great experience working with you and the team. And this book, I'm really hopeful that it will be helpful to people. Um, We have a lot of stress in our lives, and it seems like the stress is just multiplying all the time in the world that we live in. And then to be able to look at the words of Jesus and the actions of Jesus from the cross, I'm just really excited to get to explore that with people and to share the things that I learned about as I was studying these passages of scripture, which are just so central to our faith. So I do hope that the book will be a great blessing to many people. I think it will be. It's, I was, I was saying earlier, I highlighted every other page as I was reading through the manuscript and it's, it's so good. I, I think it will help folks because we do know that pressure is everywhere. We feel it every day coming at us from different directions. Um, mm-hmm. How can we approach the pressure and stress of our lives from a Christ-centered point of view? Uh, that's a great question. That's really what it's all about is approaching life from a Christ-centered point of view. Uh, one thing I would say right off the bat is that uh, there may be some pressure that we put on ourselves that really doesn't belong to us. I mean, with the cross of Jesus in our view, we remember that the greatest pressure of all, the pressure to please God, has been accomplished by Jesus. So when Jesus said, it is finished on the cross, that was the greatest pressure of all. And he took all that upon himself. So we're in a good, right standing with God through faith in Jesus. And then so we deal with the kind of pressures we face in our lives as children of God who are forgiven and loved and cared for. And so we want to keep that in mind with all the stresses and struggles that we deal with in life who we are because of Jesus. He took the greatest pressure of all. And so the things that we deal with are of a lesser degree. They're important, but we do so with 
with Christ and with God on our side. What are some of the things that we maybe shouldn't be taking on? You know, the pressures that, as you were answering, you mentioned like some things that we probably shouldn't take on. What are some examples of a stress or a pressure that we should really just set aside? Oh, wow. Uh, the pressure to perform, I think. You know, we always want to do a good job, but again, the, the, the greatest performance of all is what Jesus did for us, so I would reiterate that. There's probably some stresses, some things that don't belong to us. Uh, maybe we worry about other people and their problems and their issues, and that really doesn't belong to us because we can't do anything about that. So you know, Jesus tells us, do not worry. And so we can set those aside as much as we're able to. Um, it seems like every stress in life, there are things we have to deal with, but uh, we can go into those things with perhaps a little more joy and a little more peace than we do sometimes. Um, trusting that God is going to work all things out for good. And so it's not all riding on me. Uh, so perhaps we can think less of ourselves and, and think more of God and think more of others. No, I think that's, it's so true. And I, I found that sometimes when I stop and remember, there are things that I can't control. And if I'm worrying about yep. those things that I can't control, when I realize that and I let it go, it's, it removes some of that, that pressure that I've put on myself unnecessarily. Yeah, absolutely. You talk about four types of grace. Um, in the book, we talk, you talk about common saving, sanctifying and sustaining. Can you tell us a little bit about each of these? Sure. Yeah. And these are perhaps arbitrary categories, but they were some things that made sense to me as I was researching and studying. So common grace would be the kind of grace that God shows to all people. There's the passage when Jesus says that God causes his reign to fall on the just and on the unjust. So there are things that God does just as our creator for all people. I mean, he gives all of us oxygen. Um, he gives all of us the resources that we need to support our lives. So that's common grace that's given to all people. A saving grace would be through Jesus, uh, what he did for us on the cross, uh, so that we have the grace of God in our lives. We, we don't deserve heaven. We don't deserve eternal life. But that salvation that is ours in Jesus is grace. It's God's gift. Um, sanctifying grace uh, through the Holy Spirit at work in our hearts, then God empowers us to do good works and uh, to have the grace within us to live the way that God wants us to live. And then sustaining grace would be uh, going back to Paul's words as he uh, reported the words of God to him. Uh, my grace is sufficient for you for my powers made perfect in weakness that God gives us the grace to sustain us or to hold us up in difficult times so that we can press on and so that we don't just fall apart and collapse. And so it's by his grace that he holds us together. As Lutherans, we often talk about grace being an undeserved gift. Can you unpack that a little bit? Yeah, grace by definition is an undeserved gift. Uh, it's not something that we can earn. Um, so, for example, if you if you do a job, you, you get a paycheck, and that's the exchange. You did something, and so you get something in return. There's nothing that we did for God that caused him to send his son for us. There's nothing that we did toward God, even to go back to common grace, that causes him to give us 
uh, the sunshine that we need and the oxygen and the food. He does it simply out of his fatherly goodness and mercy. And so it really goes back to God. It's not something in us, but it's it uh, it's the source of all the good things in our lives. That's God. And he's the one who does those things for us, not because we've earned it or deserved it or paid for it, but because simply he is good and he cares for us. You give a great example of a performer who remained cool under pressure. It's kind of a famous um, story. I know the story of Nick Walenda, our pastor, used with our confirmation kids uh, to Uh talk about in a variety of things, but tell us about Nick Walenda and what you hope readers will take away from this example in the book. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed reading about him, was very inspired by him. So done a lot of uh, death-defying stunts, tightrope walking over Niagara Falls or over an active volcano. And uh, he's also very outspoken about his Christian faith. And so in some interviews, he said that you know, as he is doing those things and facing death, he has a certain peace within him because he knows that God is with him and that God is his protector. And And he talks about being saved by faith in Jesus. And so if something were to go wrong, he knows where he would end up, that he would be with the Lord. So he has a certain peace with him, and that helps him to endure the stress and the pressure and and to go forward because he has the peace of Christ in his heart. I found him to be a a very inspiring example and and sort of a symbol or an analogy for us. We may not be walking over a volcano, but we certainly walk our own tight ropes in life, our own delicate situations. And we have our own stresses that are bearing down on us. And so uh, I think it's, it's a, a very helpful analogy for thinking about how we can also have the peace of God in the stressful situations that we face. And you you describe it as you know, this increasing stress as a national epidemic. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that a little bit, and then how we can start to approach stress as Christians. Yeah, national epidemic. It just seems like it's uh, there's more and more stress all the time. Maybe that's my perception, but it seems like the uh, the rate of everything in this world is accelerating. And so how do we respond to that national epidemic as Christians? Well, we want to be a light in this world. And while the rest of the world is uh, giving in to stress and perhaps acting out in ways that are destructive, we want to react in ways that are constructive. We want to learn from the things that are stressful to us and, and try to adapt and adjust and be better. We want to be people of grace who set an example as the rest of the world is panicking and freaking out and lashing out at one another, uh, we want to be different. And we want people to, to look at us and say, hmm, you know, what, what does that person have within them that can allow them to show such restraint and such poise in the face of all the pressures of this world? How do you deal with stress in a healthy way? How do I deal with stress? <laughs> Not always perfectly. <laughs> How do I deal with stress in a healthy way? Some things I have found to be helpful, um, taking care of yourself physically, getting enough rest, uh, getting exercise, those endorphins, um, being proactive, trying not to put yourself in stressful situations if you can help, 
So uh, the word no can be really helpful, you know, not to overcommit. I find for me, one thing that's very stressful is overcommitting and feeling like I just have way too much on my plate. So being able to uh, find ways to decline opportunities or to delegate responsibilities when that works. Uh, for me, working ahead helps. I don't do as well last minute kind of things. I like to to be organized and have a plan and and work well ahead so I don't feel that crunch. Um, and then just to surround yourself with people who are positive and uplifting and you know, don't add their stress on top of your stress, you know, people who are life-giving to be around. Those are some things I can think of that have been helpful to me. I absolutely agree with the um, saying no and not overscheduling. I get very, very agitated if I have a lack of white space in my day or in my calendar. I, I need that white right. I need that margin to help yes. stay calm. Yes, me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's often it's how we choose to react to the stress that becomes the problem. Talk to us about the example that Jesus set and how we can learn to follow his example. Okay. So the example of Jesus in dealing with stress. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, well, one thing we see that Jesus was human uh, one of the chapters in the book I really enjoyed researching and writing was Jesus cleansing the temple when we see Jesus reacting to what was going on around him. So Jesus was human, and we don't have to bottle up our stress. Now, he had the authority to walk in the temple and do whatever he wanted. He's the son of God. But we see emotion mm -hmm. from Jesus. I believe I mentioned in one place that I did an exercise one time when I went through the gospel of John and I underlined in different colors, different emotions that Jesus showed. I mean, Jesus was fully God and fully human. And so it's okay to have emotions. It's okay to, um, to get upset at times, but how do we do it? How do we do it in a God honoring way? Uh, the Bible verse, that says, uh, in your anger, do not sin. Okay. So anger is not a sin, but sin is a sin. And so with Jesus, we see uh, that Jesus dealt with a lot of different pressures as we do. He dealt with uh, people that made his life difficult. Um, he dealt with criticism. He dealt with the pressure to perform. But he did those. He responded to those things in ways that were constructive. So, for example, if the disciples were testing his patience by repeatedly not understanding what he was trying to tell them, he would use it as a teaching opportunity. And he would try different ways to, to communicate his point to them, to help them to grow and be better versus just being upset with them and letting it stop there. And then on the cross, um, that's where we see the ultimate example of grace under pressure. There was no pressure than anyone ever faced compared to what Jesus endured on the cross, carrying the sins of the world and carrying my sins just alone would have been enough. Uh, but the whole sins of the world. And so the greatest pressure of all, and yet he showed the greatest grace of all. He was forgiving. He was kind. He was mindful of other people, and even in the midst of his own pain. And so we see Jesus from start to finish in his earthly life up to the moment when he breathed his final breath, being graceful. I mean, I, the, the, it's inconceivable, the pressure that he felt on the cross to us as humans. There's just no way of... Even as you described it perfectly, like my sin alone would have been enough 
to cause extreme, extreme pressure, but the whole world is, it's mind boggling. How can we, in in the book, and I I like how you do this in your writing, you always provide some practical tools, you have toolboxes. Tell us about your, let me find exactly how you phrase it, your, your, Tools, you, you talk about God's tools for graceful living. What are these, oh. what are these tools and how can we use them to help us as we, as we work to respond to stress with grace? Sure. And I don't think there's anywhere in the Bible that it gives a list of these tools. These are just things that I found as I was searching the scriptures, looking up words related to stress. So I'll say, first of all, one of the things I'll mention in the book is that the word stress, depending on your Bible translation, is there very few times or not at all. But there are other words like distress, anguish, trouble, um, difficulties, hard-pressed. So there are words that mean stress in there. And as I was looking for Bible passages that dealt with those words, some themes that I would see, uh, people turning to God in prayer. In my distress, I cried out to the Lord. Uh, The Psalms talk that way. Uh, I found scripture as a a tool that people use to deal with stress. So taking delight in God's word, you know, when other things in life are not delightful, but are troublesome, I know where I can go and find delight and peace and reassurance. And that's in God's word. And even the whole idea of instead of filling our minds with all the negativity and the bad news that's around us to Think about those things that are good and right and praiseworthy that come to us from God's word. So prayer and scripture are two concrete things. And those might seem obvious for us as Christians, but uh, I think thinking about how prayer and scripture can help us to deal with stress is is really a a great exercise. And then the other thing I found was just a a God-shaped perspective. So when we can look at life in general, in terms of of how God is at work in our lives. Uh, The jars of clay passage, I find really great from 2 Corinthians that we may be hard-pressed, but we're not crushed. So with Jesus filling us, nothing's going to crush us. Christ is holding us together. And so having that perspective, it's not just that when I go through a stressful time, I open up my Bible and hope I can find a Bible verse that makes me feel better, but it's the, the total message of Scripture that is a part of my heart and a part of my life so that I can approach the things in life uh, in a context. And the context is that I'm a child of God. God has this in his hands and I can trust him and God loves me. And so that kind of godly perspective can help us as we look at the problems in our life and we don't let things get out of perspective. We don't lose focus, but we keep it in the context of who God is for us. I really like what you say in the section on the scripture as one of the tools where you, you write, if you want more stress, fill your mind with stressful words, the latest crime report, political banter, anything negative and unnerving, or you can choose the alternative combat stress with God's life giving word. Our emotional capacity is limited. Therefore seek fewer toxic, toxic influences and more uplifting contents. Right. That's fantastic yeah. advice. Oh, good. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, we have choices. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have choices about what we put into our minds and into our hearts. And 
sometimes we can be our own worst enemies. I mean, if we're just endlessly scrolling on our phones through the news or, you know, if we struggle with Facebook envy, <laughs> you know, we, we can really set ourselves up to be stressed. Uh, and it doesn't mean you have to spend all your time just reading the Bible and, and to be, you know, a hermit or something. I mean, we want to engage the world around us. Um, but we just need to consider the balance of what we're putting into our minds and what effect it has on us. I, I think just that awareness is very helpful. Absolutely. I, I know I certainly find if I've spent too much time tracking comments on social media and there, it goes in waves where there are days where you're like, wow, there was a lot of negativity there today and you have yeah. to shut it down and, and go counteract that with something positive. Mm-hmm. What was it? What advice do you have for anyone who might be thinking about writing a book or a Bible study or taking that leap? Oh, well, you know, for me, what's been helpful, and I have an advantage as a pastor, I suppose, that a lot of my material is, is sermon series. So if I'm talking to a pastor or someone who's already presenting things, a, a, a Bible study teacher in a church, you know, you may go with things you've already worked on and see what what has worked well, what people have responded to. So the things that have become books for me so far have been sermon series that people have commented to me afterward, you know, that that really touched me, mm -hmm. that, that really spoke to me. So uh, that would be one thing is if you're already creating content, then pay attention to what's connecting with people. Um, if you want to create Christian books or Bible studies, I think one of the best things is just to um, absorb as much of the word as you can and absorb as much good teaching as you can. I've been really blessed to be around some great teachers, whether it's in college or seminary or uh, as a pastor learning from others. And uh, I think when you um, expose yourself to other great teachers, great writers, uh, it only rubs off on you and helps you to be better. So um and then uh, write a write a proposal to CPH and see what they say. <laughs> That's great advice, all of it. Um, what are you working on now? Well, I've got another book in the pipeline right now. Uh, I've tentatively titled it "Jesus Said What," and it's about some of the more controversial or difficult sayings of Jesus from the Gospels. So I've already turned that into the great team at CPH, and we're already talking about title and cover image and things like that. And then uh, working on some ideas for the book after that. Um, I enjoy writing. And uh, as I mentioned, a lot of times I'll just take a sermon series where I've already, I've already written a lot of things. And I like to preach in series because I like to build on a mm -hmm. concept. So I'm interested in the next thing being from the Old Testament. I've done New Testament so far. Um, did Armor of God, which was from Ephesians 6. Uh, Christ's words from the Gospels, of course, and then Jesus' words, his difficult sayings being the, the one that's coming up. So um, also right now, just doing a lot of research and trying to learn from some, some other great teachers and 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 try to take some lessons from them as well. So those are some things I'm working on right now. Well, we're excited for Grace Under Pressure to release and very excited about your upcoming projects, too. I think they're going to be really, really interesting to read and helpful for readers. So for our listeners, if you head to the show notes or to cph.org, we'll have a link for Grace Under Pressure, where you can get your copy and down, even download a sample of that 
Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me, Elizabeth. It's a joy to get to spend time with you. And uh, I thank our viewers and listeners for their time as well. So thank you very much for having me on the podcast. We're glad to have you. And again, um, we'll have a link to the book and to your website in the show notes. Listeners, till next time. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Concordia Publishing House podcast. I pray that this time was valuable to your walk with Christ. We'd love to connect with listeners on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Concordia Pub. Visit cph.org for more resources to grow deeper in the gospel.